0: Plant and yeah. nourish the seeds of change. Glad you like the music, Karen. Hi, yeah, do, I do. I, I'm Laura Headland. I'm a student of permaculture, a food patriot to the natural world, and a person really excited about uh, several news items this week. Uh, first, River First, um, a million dollar donation from Bank America. They're very close to their $18 million goal. General Mills offered $3 million earlier. And for people who want details, you can go to riverfirst.com. Yeah. Minneapolis today benefits from the efforts of previous generations. We have the best in the nation park system because of the fruitful actions of generations of community leaders. But our shared legacy also carries burdens. The Twin Cities today has some of the worst racial disparities in the nation. A typical black household in the United States earns about 40 percent of the average earnings of a white household. Can urban agriculture be part of the equity solution? This is our topic today. How do we plan for urban agriculture? You know, the mm-hmm. experts are saying we should get twenty percent of our land, twenty uh, percent of the food for the community within the community itself. That's mm-hmm. that's a lot of uh, thinking is around that area. And um, so, um, with us today in studio is Representative Karen Clark, founder of Sweetie Pie Project, Michael Cheney, and the CEO of Minnesota Sustainable Development Group, Clarence Bischoff. Um, welcome, welcome to. Freedom Radio. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, so let's just go around the table and tell us a little bit about our backgrounds, or your backgrounds, and what brings you to this work. And like Karen,
1: wow, what brings you to this work? Yeah, (laughs) I know. Well, um, a couple of things, I guess. Uh, You know, I'm a farm kid. Actually, I grew up. My parents were tenant farmers in southwestern Minnesota. Um, But I've been serving in the legislature for the last uh, 38 years. I'm going to be retiring shortly. But uh, I have spent the last probably. Five or six, seven, maybe even go back eight years when I think about it with Michael here to help me remember the days. But uh working on the issue of urban farming, um, uh, among other things. And for me, it's a very important um, environmental justice, food justice issue. And I guess I'll get to talk about the project, uh, the yeah. East Phillips Indoor Urban Farm, as we go along. But I just want to say that, um, you know, this is all about uh Community exerting its ability to feed itself. You were talking about the twenty percent that might be needed to help help us be able to have enough food and healthy food and and, uh, and jobs and the ho- the whole idea of of uh, urban farming is something that Minnesota has um, taken on. We passed a law about three years ago that put the words urban farming into the state law, and then t- two years ago we got some money to begin the pro- begin more of that project. But anyway, I'm I'm happy to be here with you and and the two other people here are both partners and folks that I'm pleased and proud to say I get to work with. Awesome. Mike My-
2: I think Karen hit the nail on the head. I, as well, am a a farm kid, and so it's proof in the pudding that you can take the farm out of the country boy, but you can't take the country (laughs) out of of the farm boy. So, anyway, (laughs) I was born and raised in Wisconsin on a 140-acre farm and uh, three generations of farmers before that, and so... um, I couldn't bring kids to the country but I could bring the country to the kids and so in 2010 when North High was under attack and there were those uh, who uh, we had elected to serve us had turned their back on that school and wanted to shutter it and myself and others Collie Graddick, Sam Grant, uh, Dr. Rose Brewer, Rose McGee we were all sitting around commiserating about the threat and closing of the school and I asked them uh, that if I could get the kids of North Minneapolis to start growing vegetables uh, would they work with me to create an urban farm movement in North Minneapolis it had really actually started early about 15 years ago I went to Will Allen and I tried to get him to bring his curriculum and um, his expertise to uh, Northwest Wisconsin to my family farm he wasn't in the financial stead at that time and so it was in 2010 that again I had to bring the country to the city and thus Project Sweetie Pie was born. The story of a community that comes together, works together for the common good of the youth and families of its community for it takes a village to raise a child.
0: Mm. Ah, The story of a community coming together for the common good.
3: Mm. (sighs) And I'm uh, Clarence Bishop. I'm the uh, uh, chief manager of the Minnesota Sustainability uh, Group and also uh, chief manager of uh, Blue Water Farms. Um uh, I, I I grew up in the country, it wasn't a farm, but I grew up in the country and I, I came to this uh, love of the outdoors that I still have, and uh, I still live out in the woods. And uh, but that, my, my concern uh, really started uh, uh, in relation to the food system about uh, the, the year 2000. And at that time, I had uh, just read a book uh, called The Natural Step for Communities. And I quickly realized uh, that the global ecological issues are are driven by the food production system that we have. And uh, so I started on a a series of projects uh, that um, finally led to the creation of the SDG to create businesses that help fulfill that vision of a local sustainable food system, and within that, uh, protein is key, and uh, that led me to fish and to aquaculture, and that Blue Water Farms would be a major tenant of the East uh, East Phillips Project, and we would uh, have a facility there of uh, 80,000 square feet, uh, two floors, uh, producing uh, the protein, walleye. And uh, and uh, plant products, uh, both f- fruits and vegetables. So, uh, I believe that urban agriculture is the key to the f- future.
0: So, this proposal for the East Phillips Indoor Urban Farm also has affordable housing with gardens attached. Yes, that's right. <laughs> affordable housing and gardens attached.
1: That's correct. And the and the indoor urban farm would be well, depending on whether or not we can win our struggle with the city of Minneapolis, the city council. We're in the process of that, and hopefully we'll tell you a little bit more about that. But if we can uh, win our struggle, we will have at least three acres of um, several types of things going on. One will be uh, low-tech aquaponics, so-called low-tech. In other words, uh, people can start without a lot of education and and learn how to grow fish. We would be growing in the low-tech, we'd be growing um, yellowfin perch, and it's a closed... um, Ecosystem where you're also as a result of the uh, the fish are part of the system, and then there's vegetables that are in two or three different tiers. That the water flows through the fish to the vegetables, and it, the nutrients are from the the waste from the fish become the nutrients for the vegetables, and the water they clean the water, which returns back down to the fish. And anyway, it's a it's it's a one way to do what was uh, discussed a little bit earlier by Clarence protein. I, I actually grew up fishing, and it took me a while to get converted to the idea that you could put fish into this kind of system and that it would be humane and healthy, but I again, I um, attended a weekend conference with Will Allen, and he talked about the fact that not all poor people are going to be vegetarians, uh, and we need to grow our own food, and this is, fish are an important source of protein, and and what's even more uh, important about this is that when you are growing fish in this type of a system, You're guaranteeing that the water is clean. It doesn't have the mercury that our fish, that our rivers and lakes bring to our fish now. And so, um, in in fact, you know, in Minnesota, you're really not supposed to eat more than like one one fish a month from our (laughs) natural waters because of contamination. If we could learn
0: from the patterns of how horrible our extractive nature has been to Mm -hmm. our natural world and to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, this is a repair project, right, Michael? This idea of repairing and creating sustainable livability in a in a holistic way
2: well you know people like to say that you know low-income community residents that it, it's not um they're not environmentally interested in, in topics of environment and i and and they may be indeed right because the environmental movement has really been a closed gated community you know the purview of the educated of the uh of the wealthy, and I mean the price of admission. Let's say you know twenty-five to fifty thousand dollars to get a bachelor's degree or a master's. So the price of admission is very costly, and yet. If we are facing the tragic consequences that, you know, even Trump's administration, President Trump recently came out in terms of what we must do to address climate change and global warming and the projects that we're talking about in this room, the project in East Phillips, the project that we are trying to birth in the Upper Harbor Terminal as well. Um, you know, I was approached by Thor Construction after, you know, seven years of tracking Robbie Norman and chasing him, <laughs> stalking him around the community. Say, so, You know, finally, why was I, as a, you know, volunteer, you know pulling my hair out, uh, you know, and I have dreadlocks, by the way, 40 years worth. (laughs) Um, Why am I killing myself to try to get people to realize that food could be a pathway to higher education? Mm -hmm. It could be a pathway to prosperity. And so they asked me, well, would you be interested in doing a food hub in this um, Upper Harbor? And I said, no, I'm not interested in doing a food hub. I want to even go broader than that. I want to create a environmental impact center that would look at four principles. One would be food and urban farming, one would be historical preservation, one would be art and culture, and one would be all things ecological. We're on the headwaters of the Mississippi, the furthest metropolitan community, you know, and so... We should be thinking about how can we lead the nation in these kind of critical conversations that uh, uh, Karen has been advocating, that Clarence has been advocating. We need to take these abstract issues, you know, these esoteric concepts, and we need to bring them down to earth where... and make it a populist movement or otherwise i think you know i think there's going to be dire consequences Mm -hmm. for us all
0: you know and that's it a populist movement um i uh uh, i think i I want to make sure people know that we have a with the upper harbor terminal there is a mile long of riverfront property available 48 acres the city of minneapolis is an extremely rare and precious place with that type of land what is the? How do we approach the planning of it? How do we? How do we? How do we engage the community? How do we come up with a vision that that functions for all?
3: Well, I think we have and some. Parents, yeah, we're going to have.
0: That's a big question. We're going to. We're going to take a little break now, but we're going to be back and we're going to answer that question. You're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM nine fifty, the progressive voice of Minnesota.
2: Am I right, Brother Malcolm? Indeed, Doctor King. Try as they may, they can kill
4: a rip. Tom Hartman here letting you know how you can save money with All Energy Solar. One of the myths about solar is that it's too expensive and you need lots of money down. The truth, solar is available for little or no money down. And if you have a great site for solar, you might even save money right away on a monthly basis. So don't wait to switch. You'll see your investment pay off the sooner you switch to All Energy Solar. So start saving today and visit AllEnergySolar.com.
2: This is Ken Hagland, host of the Minnesota Hospice and Healthcare Show, your source for elder care and caregiver solutions, inviting you to listen to our live
5: call-in show airing on Saturdays from noon to one. Each week, we provide answers to important
2: questions regarding elder care and caregiver issues to help you and your loved ones plan for the future and enjoy your best quality of life. Please join us this Saturday from noon to one for the Minnesota Hospice and Healthcare Show and learn more about us at minnesotahospice.com.
6: Victor's 1959 Cafe in South Minneapolis is a locally owned and operated restaurant offering traditional Cuban food. Open for breakfast and lunch daily with dinner Tuesday through Saturday. For night shift workers, Victor's even has both a morning and evening happy hour. And Victor's now accepts dinner reservations too. Stop in and try some delicious authentic Cuban cuisine like ropa vieja and seafood paella. Make your reservation and learn more at victors1959cafe.com. Victor's 1959 Cafe, revolutionary Cuban cooking.
3: I'm Richard R.J. Eskow, and this week on The Zero Hour, economist Richard Wolf on what might be coming next, journalist David Dayan on the Democrats' pay-go rule,
5: Sarah Jaffe on Radical Hope, and Major Danny Sherson on our addiction
3: to militarism. All this and more on The Zero Hour, every Sunday night from 9 till midnight on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota.
6: p Total Dog Company is the destination dog food and
4: gear store on the west side of the Twin Cities with easy access off of 169. We have a growing group of loyal customers and increasing numbers of referrals from dog professionals and dog parents because we carry quality products, give sound advice, and are easy to do business with. Total Dog Company keeps up on the latest developments in dog nutrition and products. Find us in New Hope off of 169 at 9432 36th Avenue North and at totaldogcompany.com.
0: So welcome back to Food Freedom Radio, where we plan to nourish the seeds of change. I'm Laura Headline, and we're talking about um, moving urban agriculture forward. Awareness. And um, in studio as well as with us is Clarence lines. Bischoff. He's the CEO of Minnesota so Sustainable Development Group, Representative Karen Clark, and founder of Sweetie Pie Project, Michael Cheney. And we want to break, Clarence. you want to mention some good things?
3: Yeah. Yes, I, I think uh, uh, it's a very exciting time. Uh, Blue Water Farms... Uh, really represents uh, uh, what I sometimes uh, describe in, in shorthand uh, terms as, as the Tesla of food production. Uh, and just as uh, we have with electric vehicles, we have uh, maybe 30 years of uh, technological development th- uh, that has made it possible for the Tesla c- company to be created and come forward with a wonderful vehicle. Uh, the same thing has happened with food production in aquaculture. Uh, over the last uh, 30 years, a lot of scientists and engineers have been working to uh, accomplish this goal of creating an indoor farm where we can uh, produce protein, the fish, and the plant products. Uh, you know, and these things are all uh, nutritious and tasty. Yeah, and the, and, the, and, the sustainable and and thing is
0: sustainable, and that's
3: that's and my point is we can do this without any environmental harm, and we can do it right in the city, right,
0: right in, right the, in city.
3: the city, right in so, the city, so and, and we round. can do it at East Phillips year round, year round
0: with affordable housing with gardens on the top of the roof. There yes, here we go,
3: and we and we can do the first one in East Phillips. We can do the second one. the upper harbor we we uh, I put together the business plan it's viable I'm having the business plan now reviewed by uh, the the top professional experts in the country uh, in terms of uh, aquaculture and uh, uh, aquaponics and the finance and marketing uh, all of this Uh, we're ready to go I'm also talking with investors who are enthusiastic about this project uh, and uh, we're at the point of uh, uh, doing a closure, so we'll have the funding to implement this. And
0: a large international company, Pantera, specializes in this and it's headquartered here and we have yep. a working example in, uh, in Urban yep. Organics They're, that's now providing greens for us. And there's a very important meeting coming up on Tuesday, December 4th from 1.30 at the City Hall, room 317 for the Ways and Means Committee On it's Tuesday, yes. December 4th. Okay, so isn't the city saying, oh wow, this is like awesome, This is like this is like this is like the most wonderful thing
1: in the world. I mean, what a wonderful win-win. So what What's going on? Well, I, I like your attitude, and I wish you had a vote, because <laughs> we feel the same way. I mean, I, I feel like the the coalition of people that have come together, the community-based coalition in South uh, Minneapolis in, the, in East Phillips, is an asset. I mean, it's a gift that we're bringing to the city of people who have figured out uh, how to put together a whole plan, on architectural drawings and everything. I, as a legislator, was able to get a little bit of funding from the state to help promote some of the the technical things that we needed to do in terms of drawings and planning and so on and community organizing, um, but we need the city to make it all possible by letting us share with them some of the land that they have set aside for for what they call their public works department. And I have to say, um, the history of this is kind of difficult because um Unbeknownst to this group of people that came together, started coming together for five, six years ago, um, got even funding committed and, and so on. And start, we started negotiating with the owner of what was then called the Roof Depot. Uh, this is a building that used to be a Sears warehouse. And the, just to give you an idea of the square footage there, if you uh, laid it, the IDS Tower flat – it would be like half of the IDS Tower. Okay. A lot of What's space. What's the street
0: space for people to look
1: at? They can. It's between 26 and 28th Street and off of Longfellow, right off of Highway 55. Okay. So the 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 Greenway Path goes right around this building. Is a it is a historical building. It's a unusual building. It's got a whole curve to it that was uh, built. It's got a uh, water tower, and it and, and we have. And the a,
0: city wants to knock it down. Well, the city?
1: Yes. That's the short. Way to describe it. They want to take it down, Um, and we want to preserve. We wanted the whole building. Uh, We would have a seven-acre site there if we had the whole building, but um, what we settled up with them, we compromised this group. Once the city actually uh, used their powers of threatening eminent domain to the owner and wouldn't let the owner sell it to us, they bid up a couple more million dollars and sold it. The city bought it, and so we don't have the land to do this. Dream so I want to make
0: sure I understand this, okay? Because we there's so a private group wanted to do this public good, all with private dollars, and the public community stopped them.
1: Well, it was it's a it's a nonprofit, yes, a coalition of of like. F- about four or five different organizations i'll just mention a few tamales which is a latino group little earth of united tribes they have an urban farm that they have been growing they're very much a part of this a somali uh, recovery organization is part of it and epic east phillips improvement coalition which really brings together all different cultures uh, and communities together uh, really came together and said let's 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 take this spot and see if we can't do indoor urban farming because it's a huge building, great shape, doesn't have a lot of pollution in it. You know, it was just – we had Will Allen come and look at it, and he just said, this is great. This could be an indoor urban farm tomorrow. You could start just – you know, it was so clean and so ready to go. Unfortunately, the city did kind of take (laughs) the wind out of our sails because they uh, bought the land from the owner, and um, before we – could complete our deal with them and um, so they want to expand their public works department and it's it's on the other part of that site and why they have to do it there I don't know I mean there's places all over the city <laughs> where there there isn't a huge amazing building like this that they could expand but they so th- the that's what they want to do. knock the building down and their goal as we now understand is they would just knock the building down uh, build new uh, facilities to park their trucks, to to <laughs> store their water pipes, even to store snow and uh, sand for the streets, and I heard something yesterday. We were t- there were talking about some other things they want to have there but at any rate they even talked about having voting voting materials there and law enforcement materials we just said hey we have an idea for community development this we want to create good paying jobs we want to have people learning to grow their own food it'll be a training opportunity um on two levels low tech um, aquaponics and then as clarence was talking about a higher tech aquaponics but also just a lot of other agriculture and we we did this with a lot of Careful thinking. We brought in people, like I mentioned, we had Will Allen come and talk with us. The folks who are involved, um, Chad Habert who has a lot of experience in his own um, aquaponics farm. I mean, there's just, uh, and Clarence is, with the work that he's described to you a little bit earlier. There are people in the community, like Tamales Ibicicletas, has a, their has a community garden. Little Earth of uh, Little Earth of United Tribes has their own community garden. There's people who have some expertise already in how to do this, brought this forward put it down, you know, with with architectural drawings, said to the city, please, okay, if if you have to do some of this project on this land, some of your expansion, can you scale your project back a little bit, and can we have some of the land? And we we came down from seven acres to three. They said you can have .8 acres, which would really be nothing. Uh, Then they said one and a half. We can't build a sustainable project with less than about two or three acres. Um, And you mainly want to keep the building we want to keep at least a portion of the building because we could start very quickly. It's in such good shape. We could start doing um, low-tech aquaponics in a few weeks. All right. Well, we are. We're going to take another break, and we're going to come back. We're talking about urban
0: agriculture in Minneapolis and the potential of the East Philip Indoor Urban Farm and the potential in the Upper Harbor. And uh, you're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the Progressive
2: Voice. We were each called to this place, this time, and this season. You may
0: not yet know the rhyme. Tap taste and treasure at Vinaigrette, where we have some warm seasonal recipes all ready to create dynamite meals. Our fig balsamic vinegar pairs perfectly with roasted Brussels sprouts or baked brie. And sweet potatoes are always a winner, but never more than when they're roasted with a drizzle of vinaigrette cinnamon or orange fused extra virgin olive oil on top. Come in today for more custom crafted food and cocktail recipes at Vinaigrette. 50th and Xerxes in Minneapolis and 287 Water Street in downtown Excelsior. Online at vinaigrettemn.com.
6: Do yourself a favor and check out the amazing cuisine of eatlocalminnesota.com. More than just a website, eatlocalminnesota.com provides you with the best local and independently owned restaurants in the Twin Cities. Serving family favorites in Minneapolis since 1964, Milda's Cafe is a great spot for breakfast or lunch. Wake up with their delicious Eggs Benedict or biscuits and gravy and savor their many great lunch options. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, Milda serves authentic Finnish pasties. Open weekdays 6 to 3 and now on weekends 8 to 2 on Glenwood Avenue, 4 blocks east of Penn.
2: Hi, Gregory Rich, Founder-in-Chief at Habitation Furnishing and Design, and now I'd like to invite you to kill your Sunday evenings with me right here on AM 950 with Drink in the Style. It's a one-hour-long conversation of interior design, art, architecture, and
3: pretty much anything else, visual and aesthetic, all while enjoying some booze handcrafted by our friends at Mill Valley Kitchen. Can you think of a better way to spend Sunday evenings? Drink in the Style Sundays. 5 p.m. Minnesota's very best appliance shoppers choose Warner Stellion, home of the lowest price guarantee and trusted free services. Warner Stellion's in-store specialists will help you choose what's best for you. If it's worth considering, Warner Stellion has it. And now through the 23rd, we guarantee our price is lowest. Save more with our trusted free delivery, basic installation, hallway, and no interest financing. Don't wait. Get in on special appliance savings now through January 23rd from Minnesota's own Warner Stellion.
2: With your AM 950 weather, I'm Brett Johnson. Look for cloudy skies today with a high near 31, tonight cloudy with a low around 21, Sunday partly sunny with a high around 32, and Monday sunny with a high near 37. Victor's 1959 Cafe is open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and offers traditional Cuban recipes. Some of those delicious entrees include the authentic Cuban pork barbecue sandwich. All for dessert, check out the pina colada cake, passion mango cheesecake, and much more. Victor's 1959 Cafe is off Grand Avenue in South Minneapolis. Details at EatLocalMinnesota.com.
0: To Food Freedom Radio, where we plant the seeds of change. I'm Laura Hedlund, and uh, we're talking about uh, the Roof Depot and energy project, energy and we'll also be talking about Upper Harbor project. There's an important meeting coming up on Tuesday, December fourth, at 1.30 in the afternoon in City Hall at three seventeen, and. Karen Clark, did I understand, uh, Representative Karen Clark, did you actually get kicked out of a meeting? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah, I was trying to have the correct interpretation of uh, an environmental justice law that I passed, explained, and the person who was running the meeting from the city did not want me to speak. I was not allowed to speak, so I I
3: had to leave. This is is what I I, uh, find uh, um, unfortunate, maybe even outrageous here is uh, this is a, a, a wonderful project. Anybody who would take the time to listen to the people of the neighborhood, uh, Karen for one, uh, Carol Pass, uh, Brad Pass, uh, who have put in uh, years and years of work uh, trying to fulfill this vision of, of an improved neighborhood. Uh, it's a wonderful story and instead of people uh, inviting them in and let's have a conversation about this and tell me what your dream is and uh, tell me about the benefits to the neighborhood it, it, it the reverse has happened with with Karen with such a distinguished uh, career as a representative and and, uh, and a community activist was asked to leave the meeting it, that has to be changed that has to be changed As Michael has made this point many times too uh, you know the most fundamental thing about a democracy is, uh, you know, the power comes from the people, and uh, have we forgotten that? So I, uh, I, I hope. You know, I, I came into this uh, to help develop the the high tech part, of and I'm very happy to do that. And I think we're we're ready to move on that. Uh, I, I'm, I'm frustrated that. Uh, uh, the, the people of the neighborhood have not been treated uh, courteously and um, invited in to tell the story so that uh, these 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 topics are, are are not the kind of topics that you can take care of in a minute you, you have to have some in-depth discussion and it's about people this is a story about people, not about manhole covers and gravel and, <laughs> and, and diesel trucks and so on. I, I, I hope this happens evil. yet.
2: Well, you know, I think Clarence hits on a very salient point, you know, is that you've got to look at your, if you, you know, don't look at your past and you uh, are condemned to repeat it. And, you know, in helping birth the urban egg bill, like as Karen referred to, we worked, we've been a tag team for a while, you know, uh, we back in... Uh, four or five years ago, we approached the legislation with the idea of creating an urban egg bill so that we could create some revenues for youth programs around the state. After four long years it was finally passed. But that was just the beginning, unfortunately. And that we modeled after the work of Cleveland and Falwell, who at the turn of the century, you know, approached, you know, the aristocrats, you know, the specu- real estate speculators, and said that if we don't preserve this land now, I want to read this. In February 1872, Horace W. Greeley trudged through the snowy streets of Minneapolis to the Pence Opera House house his goal was to deliver a speech convincing the city planners wealthy landowners and businessmen to work quickly on protecting and preserving the scenic beauty found throughout the growing cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul and it was because of their vision because of their generosity and largesse that we are now you know the number one city in the nation the envy of the nation because of their vision and their generosity of spirit. And they knew that if they did not preserve that land, that greedy speculators would usurp and extract that wealth for their own selfish gain. And so now because of that vision. And so the whole origin of the Urban Egg Bill for me was, as I was prospering because of their vision and their work 150 years, I wanted to pass it forward. Let's go fast forward in time. 150 years from now, a single mother with four children, even if she's allowed to have children then, you know, how are they going to feed their family? We don't know what the economics of those times will be, but we certainly ought to be You know, again, generous of spirit, humane enough to realize that food is life. And so I think that that was really, you know, the uh, impetus for the work. Unfortunately, what I call the most revolutionary part of the bill was extracted again. You know, they gave us, you know, half a million dollars for uh, populations of 10,000 or more around the state. But the really forward thinking aspect was to set aside and preserve land, you know, for the future. so that people would have landmass to grow and that was unfortunately taken down and so i see that this is again a more repetition that you know there are those of us who are who really are humanitarians and who really value life and people's lives and then there are those who think that it's all about profit and personal gain and so there's been this long-standing fight and struggle it's this and that's why i've come to support east phillips of not only because I'm a resident in the Phillips community not only because I've been an ally with Karen for the last 10 years yeah. but because the projects the project on the south side as the project on the north side are really mirrored reflection of the work of uh, Cleveland and Falwell that we must build pathways to higher education we must create you know pathways to prosperity and both of these revolutionary visionary projects that we are espousing are being are being and betrayed by our supposed city leaders
0: our city servants okay so I encourage people to check out this Institute called Presencing Institute um, and it talks Otter Schomer who often is in Huffington Post talks about open mind open heart and open uh, will which I actually saw on a t-shirt the other day I was really happy about it mm. and but so often in the conditioned mind we're just relying on the past and we don't stop to pause and say hmm what does make sense urban agriculture is critical and again so many experts around the world we 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 can't rely on vegetables from california in a time of crisis and we need to have livable communities we need to find a different way to be and how do we crystallize the future and when we have really future forwarding processes like this how do we open up the minds and the hearts so that so that those voices can be heard
1: Well, I think one of the underlying principles that we're all coming from, uh, the three of us here, is the whole issue of justice. And and I would say this is an environmental justice, a food justice issue. And our city does say, uh, both on the south side and on the north side in both of these arenas, uh, that these, these are green zones. And we... Um, want, the city says we want to set aside these places to do exactly what you were saying, Laura, that there would be a place where um, people can be growing their own food and they can plan for the future. So when there are crises, right, there's local food and local support. Um, so the theory is there, but the practice is what we're having trouble with because we know that um, we know what to do. And, in fact, we have gathered assets to to do some of that. I, I have to say I have great admiration for what Michael's been doing. He has brought together all different kinds of forces on the north side. We've done some of that on the south side. Um, we're ready to go forward. Just give us a chance. But what we need is land. I mean, land is, um, well, one of the, one of the um, driving forces right now is certainly Little Earth of United Tribes. And we're on Dakota land in East Phillips. And we're very interested in in trying to uh, help uh, that community claim back some of its uh, self-determination and ability. And, you know, people have a lot of skills. It's, it's very interesting. Uh, some of the skills are being recovered. You know, they've been lost or set aside and now they're being recovered. It's, it's very exciting to work with this group of people, uh, this grassroots group of folks. And we have some good city council members who are with us. We have others who are kind of thinking about it. Uh, you mentioned the meeting next uh, Tuesday at 1 o'clock. I want to invite everybody to come. We're hoping to have 100, 200 people there to remind uh, the way and Me's committee that uh, we're pretty serious about this and please uh, vote don't vote to knock down that building please vote to give us the
0: land. Just save the building don't knock it down you don't need to
3: Well, I I just want to tag on to what uh, Karen is saying I'm relatively new to the project and I've been brought in to do the high tech part of it Uh, and uh, I I used to live in Minneapolis I I live in the country now Uh, but uh, the the point I want to make is that I have met some of the council people uh, recently. I've met some of the people from the water department uh, you know the, uh, and uh, uh, my impression is uh, very likable people I, I I would hope that we could find a way to get through this impasse. Uh, we should not be fighting with one another. We should be working with one another. Uh, I think if we had real discussion we would quickly find that we share uh, the same values we share many of the same goals we could we could work together and uh, get past this uh, unfortunate uh, uh, period that we are in right now and i think I think uh, as uh, again, as Karen and has mentioned, you mentioned too, this uh, meeting coming up on the fourth could be a turning point.
2: Mm-hmm. you know we can you know we pride ourselves again, given is actually the work of getting Cleveland if I will, and I can't say that enough mm-hmm. because they set the set the tone and set the tenor. We can build all the bike paths in the world, you know. But if we don't really value this kind of infrastructure creation, that really really will kind kind of restore our great heritage as leaders in the ag sector, industrial industrial egg, you know, home of General Mills, home of Cargill, home of land of lakes, you know, I mean, our history in this community, again, sailing up the Mississippi, you know, landing probably on the upper harbor, and yet we want to turn our back on all of that. All of that, even foregoing the sanctity of the river, I think that you know that there's movements around the world to create you know natural environment personhood, you know personhoods, and so I'm really advocating for that kind of vision. It aligns itself with the green zone. And let me, for those of you who haven't heard about, let me just, I am an EJC Green Zone advisory member on the north side, and so I wear multiple hats: executive director of Project Sweetie Pie, EJCC uh, member, uh, uh, Green Zone North side advisory council so we they've set up all of this uh, structure to really get input from residents you know the south side green zone as well and yet they ignore they deny you know they refute the visions of the residents who have birthed these incredible organic ideas and so this green zone resolution that's been passed on the south side passed on the north side clean up soil and water contamination improve air quality livability and pollinator habitat increase green jobs and career opportunities increase access to healthy affordable food by supporting local systems of growing foster community healing from historical trauma and root shock advance environmental awareness and education in community and schools and so the language is there it's talk is cheap it's time for our city Founders, fathers, leaders, servants—you know—I like to say that we are all environmentalists. We're either good stewards or bad stewards, and so the whole Upper Harbor, you know, we say, you know, instead of forty-eight acres and a mule, let's do forty-eight acres and a school that would really help for create the infrastructure to really create train the next generations of food producers in America.
0: Awesome, and again, that, move, that meeting is Tuesday, December fourth at one thirty at. City- Hall room 317 and we'll be back after
2: this break. As well as raise fun.
0: Total Dog Company exists for
4: people who are serious about their dogs. People who want the best nutrition and the best gear for their dogs. Total Dog Company's mission is to provide high-quality practical food and gear for dogs and only dogs. Nothing frou-frou or frivolous, nothing with suspect ingredients, no cat food or wild bird food. Totally dog. From head to wagging tail, find us in New Hope off of 169 at 9432 36th Avenue North and at totaldogcompany.com. I'm Steve Conklin. And I'm Jake DeRoff. We're the hosts of the Mortgage Talk Show Sundays at 1230. Every week we bring you insights on home financing, discussing rates, programs, local and national news.
3: Whether you're buying your first home or your hundredth home, we have tips
4: and inside information to save you money and feel like a mortgage master. Check us out for more information and email us any questions at mortgagetalkshow.com. Tune into the Mortgage Talk Show every Sunday at 1230 on AM 950.
6: Crooners Lounge and Supper Club is delighted to offer its spacious facilities for your private function. From weddings, retirement parties, business dinners, or any special occasion, Crooners combines a dedicated full-service special events team, an award-winning chef, and a beautiful lakeside ambiance to make your event a resounding success. Visit croonersloungemn.com to learn more about their private dining options, or call 763-571-9020 to get a quote for your next event today. I'm Connie Burek, co-host of Awakened Living Infusion Radio Show. Join Michelle Kitzmiller and I as we focus on all aspects of health, wellness, spirituality, and growth from a mind-body-spirit-emotion perspective. On the Awakened Living Radio Show, we will discuss stress, self-care, fear, happiness, beliefs, communication, joy, pain, trauma, and more. Join us for the Awakened Living Infusion Radio Show Saturdays at 10 a.m. Let us share with you ways to infuse vitality into life.
5: This is Chad, owner of AM950. I've been telling you about my friends at Snap Construction who are arguably the most well-reviewed exterior construction company in the metro. Don't just take my word for it, take a look at all their reviews online. Winter is the most cost-effective time of the year to complete your construction project. A majority of Minnesotans choose to have their work completed on their home in the summer when they should be enjoying the weather. As a result, the demand for labor in the summer is much higher. The most cost-effective way to improve or restore your home is in the winter due to the lower demand. Right now, Snap Construction is offering an additional 30% off of labor to the AM950 listeners on your next construction project between now and the end of February. Call 612-333-SNAP and mention AM950 for an additional 30% off. As always, Snap Construction stands by their work with a lifetime craftsmanship warranty. Don't wait to get a free estimate by calling 612-333-SNAP. Or find them online at snapconstruction.com. Financing options available. So
0: welcome back to uh, to Food Freedom Radio. We've been talking about urban agriculture and the fact that public land should be used for public good. Public land for public good. Um, And so, Michael, touch on um, the Upper Harbor
2: Well, again, you know, I refer to it It's 48 acres, the largest contiguous piece plot of land uh, in the nation on the Mississippi, and again, uh, so here's this phenomenal, I refer to it as our Panama Canal. This is a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and um, I started working on it about a year ago because I wasn't interested in having developers or city leaders minimize the opportunity, that here was an opportunity us yes, for not only in north, I don't see it as a north side project I don't see it as a Minneapolis project, just simply a Minneapolis project, I see it as a national in scope opportunity that here's a chance for us as a community to really lead the charge for the nation global warming is whether or not, uh, you know, President Trump and them want to acknowledge it, it is real, and uh, there's all, all this movement about resiliency hubs, I I think that we need to think about that in terms in the resources that are going to be coming down in some of the revenue streams in the future as we see more and more calamity, natural catastrophes, that we really need to think about the East Phillips Epic Project and the Upper Harbor Projects. Let's see if we can weld these projects together and really start thinking holistically, really start thinking, you know, uh, regionally in terms of how can we take some of those resources and build these sites as resiliency hubs, as both of my colleagues here have referred to it, is let's start thinking smarter in terms of how we align resources, how we share. You know, unfortunately, capitalism is very is very competitive. And I think that that's been the uh, result of the see the downturn in America and the divisiveness is that we have to take a much more global view in terms of all of us as being global citizens and that we're in concert with each other. We're collaborating with each other. And so in I see that the upper We're not artery. things.
0: I mean, we're not things. We, we are, unfortunately, we have a conditioned culture of objective consciousness where we're all been thinganized, and, and there's a lot of <laughs> trauma there. But you and I went to that permaculture action day about two weeks ago, and it was so awesome. The, the music group Rising Appalachia has been touring, and they're talking about resilience. And there are hundreds of people getting together, making a meal, figuring out solutions. That's what's going to move us climate forward.
3: Well, it, it, I'd like to just emphasize that. That's what I, I come back to all the time. Uh, we have serious problems, uh, you know, the, the global ecological issues. Uh, they're very serious. They're, they're posing an existential threat. This is acknowledged by everybody uh, who's uh, – all the scientists have come together with the UN Sustainable Development Goals. It's, it's well understood, has been understood for many years. Um, and the, the problems are serious, but the solutions can be fun. <laughs> can be fun.
0: <laughs> the solutions can be <laughs> fun.
3: that is you know, like you, you mentioned, uh, the permaculture uh, action uh, day. Uh-huh. Uh, what a wonderful event, and what a nice positive feeling about the event. And everybody right. was uh, enjoying meeting one another and thinking about. It was like
0: they, I found out where the hippies all went. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, it was a great time, and I I, I I met several new people there, and we've been in contact. But the point being is the problems are uh, serious; they're they're posing an existential threat. Food is the nexus of this, and the resolution uh, of the issues uh, with the right community approach can be fun it can be fun enjoyable meaningful uh in, in every every possible way uh with blue water with uh, east phillips we're, we're thinking about uh, creating 43 jobs there and we're talking with the uh, minneapolis uh culinary uh, uh section and um you know there's all kinds of possibilities there of using the farm for uh, for education, you know, to prepare people for uh, uh, high-tech jobs, uh, also to...
1: And uh, affordable housing with gardens oh, on oh the goodness, road.
3: yeah, uh, yeah it, you, that's yeah. Really
1: this is <laughs> really affordable housing. It's, it's uh, the lowest income Type of housing that that we get public subsidy for in Minnesota, thirty percent of the uh, area median income. That's the type of housing we'd be creating. I think just one more th- point to meant to emphasize here, building on what Clarence is saying. Um, this can be fun, but I have to say it's also going to be life saving. This, as, after all, is <laughs> yeah. dealing with two that we we're, we're here talking about two of the very lowest income communities in the city of Minneapolis you know, where the North Harbor is and close to communities there, and, and in the east side of Phillips, east side in south Minneapolis, we're talking about a majority of communities of color and indigenous people who are at very low incomes, often without jobs, and many, many children. And, you know, people who are there are ready and willing to, to go into the – Economic opportunity. Uh, there's just so many creative ideas. I just have to say, I was sitting over at Little Earth talking with Jillian Jones, who's the uh, one of the leaders there, and just talking about how how the children at Little Earth are learning how to grow uh, vegetables in their in the garden that uh, is back by the freeway wall. Um, They've been doing that for a while. An organization that I work with called the Women's Environmental Institute, which I should mention, helped them get that farm going. And, you know, this is all doable. Those children were loving what they were doing. They were having fun. Right. <laughs> they were learning right. to eat um, vegetables that they really weren't too interested in before, but once they had their hands growing them, they wanted to eat them. And I, I think there's just you know the ability to really uh, help people um, change their lives. I think of food justice as a strategy towards dealing with environmental justice. And there's justice. a working
0: example that comes to my mind. I wish I could remember their exact name, but uh, they're in Seward Community co-op and they make the samosas, mm-hmm. the Yokum I think, and and I, I bought some of those. They're fantastic, and those those, those people are now making substantial amount of s- samosas that are being sold in the yes. co-ops, and so that type of food system creates livable wages. And, and it, but you're right. It's almost the mood of the entire community and the mood that we felt at that permaculture action day, and and how we kind of rise up and create something better for the next generation.
3: Yeah, and I, I think we. Agree with- we should probably mention that right next door to uh, where we plan our project, uh, we have this uh, uh, tent city. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a tragedy.
1: And people there, one of the things that we've talked about is that some of them would be eligible to come in and learn some of the low-tech jobs right away. There's probably some probably some pretty skilled people there, too. Um, but. They're interested uh folks need an opportunity to do this kind of work to have the hope that comes from being able to feed yourself and feed your community and you know i i I think we're all the three of us are are people who work a lot on hope we don't give up we're pretty persistent <laughs> uh, and that and that's because of the, I think because we are so closely connected to our communities, which are wonderful people. Well, it's been
0: an awesome conversation. Um, it's gone way too fast, but again, Tuesday, December fourth, one thirty, Minneapolis City Hall. Show up to the Ways and Means Committee um, and um, help protect um, this potential of, an, of East Phillips indoor farm. Don't let them knock down the buildings. We can keep the building up. Have affordable affordable housing that's right that's right (laughs) or we could just make developers we'd give them like two hundred thousand dollars per unit to make affordable housing for us (laughs) that doesn't sound affordable